Welcome to the Appalachian Timber Ghost Outdoor Adventures Podcast. We're going to talk hunting, fishing, and everything outdoors. So pull up a seat and enjoy our campfire stories. Thanks for joining us. Hey everybody, what's going on? Long time no here. But I'm back, and hopefully I didn't lose a lot of you. <laughs> so, uh... The next couple episodes I'm going to do is um, going to be kind of like a little bit of a rewind to catch you all up on to what's been going on, and hopefully some of these podcasts will be helpful. So basically, I'm going to skip back. My last podcast, I was talking about how I was going to go seek a deer hunting down in Maryland. Well, lo and behold, I did end up going down there had an amazing time um can't wait to get back at it actually because uh the place was just overwhelmingly beautiful i mean it's just a whole different world you know we've probably all in our neck of the woods seen some kind of marsh but on the the level of how big that the marsh is down off the chesapeake bay is just truly amazing so hopefully the the uh audio for this is good too because down the road too we're going to get into technical difficulties <laughs> please stand by so uh hopefully the quality of the sound is good it should be i'm using my little microphone that i take when i go out my hunts and uh record when i'm filming but getting back to it, um, yeah, the Chesapeake Bay is just a beautiful area, and I was really happy to get down there. Um, the one thing I will say is, you know, I did a lot of e-scouting before I went down. You know, that's the beauty of these apps, uh, you know, Onyx and HuntStand. They, they really give you a good view into... Uh, what the potential is when you get down there. But the one thing I will say, man, oh my God, it's like e-scouting would be good as far as finding waterways if you plan on taking a boat or a kayak. But if you think you're just going to kind of walk in there, I mean, it's possible. I did it. Um, but I felt very, very limited to what I could do when I got down there. And then I was kind of doing the ass kick about not taking my kayak. But what happened also was uh, I did go down by myself. It ended up being more of a safety thing that I wanted to kind of do a hunt that would be within my, you know, grasp and not get hurt or um, dead for that matter. Um, the swamps, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not, you know, I've never been down there before and uh so i didn't know what to expect but i did get down there and uh the cool part was i actually got a permission from a lady down there to hunt her 400 acres which was on the uh the border of the the wildlife preserve which was really cool um I did hear bugling when I was there, um, but back to wishing I had my kayak and a boat would have been uh, much needed. 
because the first day I went, I went and drove around. Um, well, first I went to the refuge, the visitor center. I figured I'd talk to, you know, the visitor center people there. Maybe they can turn me on to, you know, possibly where to go. Um, the gentleman in there was very helpful. But once again, I think the, the places he was trying to set me up, I wasn't prepared for. Uh, so then he told me to go down. There's like a, a park road that you can drive around. And he said, you'll probably see some deer in the park on this road. But lo and behold, I got lost. Not lost, so to speak, but I missed the actual drive through the refuge um, and was actually going down roads. Uh, I will be putting up some video on on Seek a Deer Hunt because uh, part of my experience was I come down around the road. I found I saw a carcass where somebody literally uh, quartered a deer out and left it on the side of the road, which is a little disheartening. You know, it doesn't look good for hunters. That's for sure. Um, so that was kind of a bummer, but at the same time, um, I could see where these people came from. Like I said, way out of my element for how I went down, um, as far as being prepared to go deep into these marshes. But a corner later, I came around and I'm literally driving through probably six inches of water that's crossing the road. Now, you know, up north, we get uh, heavy rains and stuff. You know, rule number one, don't go through a road that's flooded because you don't know if the road's still there. Um, I could see the road. You know, I could see the yellow line on it. Um, and I laughed at first. You know, I was like, wow, this is cool. You know, I, there was a duck <laughs> swimming on the road. Uh, but then shortly after, I came around another corner and... As far as my eye could see, the road was covered, and uh, I started to actually get a little nervous. Uh, as I got deeper into it, I'd say easily a quarter mile, half a mile, I uh, noticed that the water was getting really deep, probably a foot worth. And now, now I'm going really slow because I don't want to get the electronics. You know, I'm worried about... You know, the engine failing, if it gets up into the electronics, that kind of stuff. I did pass uh, like an F-350 pickup truck, you know, which sat higher than my ridge line. But it made me feel a little bit better in the fact that I actually passed someone coming the other way. <laughs> so, uh, but I literally drove a couple miles through water. And like I said, I... I wanted to get sick to my stomach because I just didn't know what was going to happen. And I was so deep into it where I didn't want to try to turn around and, uh, you know, I just didn't want to take the risk of going off the road and something stupid happening. Lo and behold, I did make it through, uh, made it back to where I was staying. And the first thing I told the lady where I was at and she said, honey, she goes, you go driving around those parts. She goes, you better pay attention to the tides <laughs> and she told me about um kids down in this section of um down off delmarva they actually don't go to school a lot of times when the water gets high and they're cut off from civilization so that was a pretty interesting uh thing that i learned and you know like i said you know i I kind of got it after she said that because I realized what I'd just been through and uh, 
well, you know, it's a wake-up call. It was a huge wake-up call. Like when you go somewhere new, you better do your homework, maybe talk to some of the locals. <laughs> but thank God nothing bad happened, and uh, I learned a little something about down there. They, she actually said that every year they'll they'll pave the roads to build them up because it's actually sinking down there. Um, so that was pretty wild to uh, hear that. And she's, she, I forget what she told me, but they lose a lot of waterfront every year. And especially, I'm sure, because of the climate change and all that. And the fact that it is sinking. Yeah, she, she was, the, the cool part was uh, she was very much into history. So I learned a lot of the history of down there. Um, but I also learned, you know, that she even said since the glaciers came through, like it's just been sinking. Very fertile. That was another thing, too. Uh, when I got down there, I was really shocked on the agriculture that's down there. I mean, I literally thought I was out in the Midwest. I mean, we're talking combines, you know, just fields as far as the eye could see. And uh, a lot of it was corn and um, beets. So that was pretty cool to learn as well. But to the hunting part, you know, I kept it basically within the wildlife refuge. Um, I heard bugling, but just I was I was off from it, and I did find some trails, but I just once again I felt like I was just out of my league. Uh, I needed a kayak because uh, one morning I heard the bugle. It was literally on an island. Um, and there was no way I could get to it. But, you know, we know for the next time, bring a kayak. If you guys got a kayak or a boat and, you know, you can get it down there, definitely bring it. You know, I mean, worst case scenario, if you don't use it, so be it. But I did go to uh, another parking area that I'd heard about, like, even through, like, watching some shows about, you know, seek a deer hunting and, Basically, it was just a parking area and a little swath of water that you would have to either boat down or kayak from. You're not walking into it by any means. But, you know, I, I drove around down there, you know, on my off time just to see, you know, for next time, where would I go? You know, was there anywhere that I could access by foot? Found a couple places I probably could, but, um, you know. The one thing I noticed when I would get down certain parts of the uh, southern part of it was these huge trees, like marsh stand, like mansions. I mean, to say the least, like literally like telephone poles stuck in the marsh with these huge staircases that went up. I have a picture. I'll probably post it on the video when I get the video up on my YouTube channel. Appalachian Timber Ghost Outdoor Adventures channel. Um, but when you see what some of the locals have or the guides, you know, they, they got it together. Um, and you definitely, one thing, I just had a friend actually, he's going down this particular week, um, late season. But um, I told him, I said, a lot of, a lot of the, you know, the land around the refuge it's private 
So ironically, a lot of the public land is kind of landlocked, which once again forces you into the water. Um, so, I mean, when, when I think about it, you know, like I said, I got permissions of the land right off of the, uh, the refuge as well to hunt. But, you know, I was out of seek a deer. I mean, you know, they were there, but not as often and not as thick and plentiful as I would have wanted them. So, but, you know, the experience alone, well worth it. Bucket list. If you guys, you know, have even thought about seeking deer hunting, uh, definitely do it up, man. Um, one thing I will say between the kayak and the boat, also bring a thermosel. Uh, I bought one of those when I got down there, and the bugs are no joke. That is another thing you're going to have to deal with, um, especially the, the no-seams. Uh, the one night I went to get something out of my truck, and they were so thick, it was it was ridiculous. Um, and just the, the two seconds I literally opened my truck, I had hundreds of them in my truck. That's how thick these things are down there. Uh, and the, the, the lady did say to me, she goes, you know, your, your best nights for hanging outside is when there's a good, probably 10 to 14 mile an hour wind. So I did learn that wind is our friend with the no seams. Mosquitoes are brutal. Um, the thermocell worked, um, and being elevated off the ground, I think definitely helps. So bring your tree stand, your climber, even though I brought my saddle on just in case. But, you know, a couple things I can say, kayak boat, thermosel, tree stand, or tree saddle. Um, had a great time. Definitely doing it again. Uh, can't wait. And to hear the bugles, that alone made up for it. Um, I sat over the marsh. Like I said, the, the view every morning was second to none. And... Um, the amount of waterfowl down there is silly and being somebody, a ducks unlimited member and somebody who loves, you know, waterfowl ducks, um, uh, the, that was just amazing in itself. I saw an Eagle come down and, uh, try to take a duck, which was cool too. So, I mean, my, my tree stand, it was like almost watching television. And the sunrise, the sunsets was just second to none. And ironically, I I get home and I realize I forgot my boots, man. My only pair. Of, well, I have a pair of old pair of hunting boots, but. And now I get home and I'm ready to be in the whitetail woods up in New York. And I am bumming. I'm like, wow. So I. This is what's weird, man. I mean, this will tell you how small of a world it is. Um. I get down the road from where I was staying and I was pulling to a gas station and I became friends with this online on Facebook, Brian Rush, Rush Custom Calls. Check him out. Uh, he does a lot of coyote hunting. I think they got 111 last year. Um, got some great videos on it. He makes some great calls, all sorts of calls too. But I pull into this gas station. And I see this truck parked with this big Rush Custom Calls on the back of it. And I thought that was really, really wild. So I'm like, could it possibly be him? So I look at the front of the truck, New York plates, 
And then when I get in there, I recognize Brian. I say what's up to him. You know, we'd never met, but we became friends through mutual friends on Facebook. Love checking out his coyote hunting videos. Um, and I get home and forget my boots. So I message Brian on Facebook. Now, he was down there for a seek a deer hunt as well um, for a few extra days longer than I was down there. And this is another reason why you should buy his calls. Not only is calls really good, but um, hands down a standout dude, man. Uh, guy doesn't know me from Adam just through Facebook. You know, uh, we meet for the first time down in Maryland, which is ironic. And we live fairly close to each other up here in New York, up in the Capital District area, Catskills. Um, and uh, I asked him, I said, man, can you swing by and grab my boots for me? And he did. I stopped by his shop up in Amsterdam, uh, checked out a bunch of his calls, had a long talk with Brian. Uh, like I said, the standout dude for doing that for me. Um, and, you know, it was cool to get a little uh, tour of the shop and check out some of his calls. I can't wait to buy a couple. Um, I know he's really busy right now making calls as well as trying to do what we all do, and that's hunt. So, um but, you know, I'm going to wrap this up. This is a quickie. Like I said, uh, the next couple of episodes are going to be kind of rewinds, you know. Um, and then I'll catch you up to my hunting season here in New York, um, which we're actually, at this point, this will tell you what a wind down it is, or rewind, uh, is that we're getting close to muzzleloader here. So, but guys, you know, Thanks for, you know, being patient, man. I, I, it's funny. My analytics took a huge hit by not putting any podcasts out, but, uh, you know, hopefully we'll get you guys back on board. It's much appreciated. Um, and until the next one, peace out. This episode of Appalachian Timber Ghost Outdoor Adventures podcast was brought to you by Wild Kingdom Soap. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram. For all you hunters out there, we also have fragrance free Appalachian Timber Ghost Outdoors. So.